How's everyone doing? Everyone good? Yes. Awesome stuff. Um, who's expectant tonight? If you don't have any expectations, I'll give you a couple minutes to rally some. If you don't expect God to do anything, he won't. God moves according to your faith. So you set the standard for God to perform it. Um, we thank God. We thank God. Uh, first of all, let me just honor Parsony. Where's he gone? Is that about? I can't, I can't see nothing. I can't see no one. Oh, he's at the back. Let me just honor Pastor Nee uh, for the invitation to be here tonight at your first presence. Tonight. Awesome. To be here at your first presence tonight. Um, <clears throat> I don't know how many people have come to speak at Pinim. I don't know how many uh, guest ministers you've had, but I promise you, yeah, I promise, I promise, I promise. Me being here today is 100% God. Yeah. This invitation, the type of night, let me show you, let me show you, let me show you uh, how on point this invitation is. Pastor has been talking to me for a while now. Stand, stay standing for a second, just for a second. Pastor Nee's been talking to me for a while now about, oh, oh we've got to have you come down and speak to us. We've got to have you come down and teach. So I'm like, all right, cool. He's been saying that for a very long time, very long time. And um, I'm like, I don't, I, never, I don't ask for speaking engagements. I don't ask for invitations. We're, we're, we're past that. Amen. Amen. We're gone, we've gone past the days of, hey, I heard you're having an event. Uh, it's all right if I come way past that. Because when the presence of God is on you, <clears throat> the glory of God becomes your marketing. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to say like and share, comment below. <laughs> Hello. The glory. The glory of God becomes your marketing. So you've been talking to me for a while. Yo, bro, we've got to have you down. We've got to have you down. We've got to have you down. I'm like, all right, cool. Month goes past. Two months go past. I'm like, there goes past the knee talking again. I'm just like, God, when is this guy going to actually get me down? Another month goes past. Another month goes past. I'm like, all right, cool. Welcome to East London. <laughs> My manner. We're at a barbecue and passing these there. And I'm like, all right, cool. Let me walk him back to his car when he's going home. On the way back to the car, oh, bro, we've got to have you down. I'm like, pop. Bro, you've been talking, you've been talking. If you're going to do it, then do it. Just do it. If you're going to invite me, just invite me. Don't say nothing until you invite me. <laughs> 
But God's timing, yes. no matter how prepared you think you are, yes. God's timing is the best timing. Yes. One day I was, uh, in September sometime, I was laying down before God and I was praying, but I was praying, listening to a, uh, a sermon. And as I was praying and listening to this sermon, this person mentioned something. And when they mentioned something, I stopped. And the revelation I got, I realized that this is why I couldn't go yet. Because a word from heaven had to be birthed in me first before I went. Once I got that revelation, I, put, I was like, oh, snap. That's why I couldn't go. Once I got that revelation, Pastor Lee sent me a message saying, I've got some dates for you. And I was like, God, is that you, player? <laughs> Coming over the Himalayas? I'm like, all right, cool. Then he said, I want to invite you to this thing that we're doing. It's called Presence Now. I was like, shh, 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 shh. I said, listen to this. I said, the other day when I was praying for you, God said that a new level of his presence is going to begin to rest on Pinim. And don't, don't get excited yet. This, this, this ain't even, we ain't even out of the changing room yet. A new level of his presence is going to rest on Pinim and you will be distinguished by the level of the presence of God that you guys move in. So when he told me the name of these new meetings that you guys are doing, Presence Night, and just a couple of days before, God was talking to me about how the presence is going to increase upon this house. I was like, I hear you, God. And the fact that I'm the first one here, like, <laughs> we move. couple more minutes standing. Trust me, trust me, it'll be worth it. But I want you to hear something. The correct word can shift and change your whole destiny. You didn't get born again by prayer. You got born again by hearing the word. So if a, it was a word that took you from darkness into light. So hearing a word and believing a word can shift your destiny completely. At one point you was going to hell. You heard the word and it shifted your destiny and now you're already in the kingdom of light. If you don't like where you are in life right now, seek a word from God because the word that you get can change everything for you. Now hear me and hear me tonight. The word I speak to you tonight, if you hear it, believe it and receive it, it will change everything for you. It would change, no, 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 no. It would change everything for you. Do you understand?
So I speak over this atmosphere in Jesus' name. And I decree and declare that every heart is ready for what you're about to do. I decree and declare the atmosphere of faith. I decree and declare an atmosphere fit for miracles. We decree and declare an atmosphere of breakthrough. And an atmosphere of glory. God, show up and show off. We give you the platform tonight. It's all you. It's all you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. But remember what I said. If you hear this word tonight, your hand on your head real quick and say, Lord, upgrade my understanding. But really, 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 really say, Lord, upgrade my understanding. You will understand this word. You will comprehend this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so let me just quickly uh, agree everyone that belongs to the house of Pinim, every leader, everyone that serves, Pastor Nee, big up on herself. Me and Pastor, people don't know me and Pastor you go back. Some people come to me like, oh, have you heard of that Pinim church? What do you reckon? I'm like, yeah, go on, let me hear what you got to say. People, people, don't, people, don't, people don't know. People don't know. People don't know. Before, be, 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 like, we was, we, was, we was really there, like, on the phone, like, all right, Pastor Nee, your, uh, nee your turn. He was Nee at that time. Nee, your turn. Okay, tell me what you see. Like, like before, before... That's my father. Before, oh, that's my, before there was members, before there was Art360, we was really there. Like when I met Pastor Nee for the first time, he came up to me, uh, I think he was wearing a long brown jacket. You know how we used to do back then. <laughs> Them times there he was serving in youth revival. Yeah, people, people, people think that we were just brand new, like, oh yeah, they just connected recently. We've been doing our thing. But before you guys were here, faithful servers, like, oh yeah, Pastor Knight, Panimchi, yeah. No, before all of that, we was here. I remember Pastor Nee came up to me and said, oh man, oh God, you helped me so many. I'm like, all right, cool. And he gave me an invitation to come down to uh, Pastor Nee, what was it? Oh, Night of Worship, there we go. And uh, we connected from there. And I've seen God, listen, I've seen the hand of God. I've seen him go from being driven around in a Vauxhall Astra yeah, to owning his own spaceship. <laughs> I, I've, seen, I've seen him go from having no members to having his own. I've, I've seen him go from art oh, yeah, we've got a little fellowship to, 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 to lead in his own church. Listen, if you tap in, to what God is doing. If you tap into the grace over the house, you will prosper. Yeah. Tonight, if you're in here 
and you have questions. Is this the right church for me, God? I'm looking for something more. Rather, I'm not really sure. I'll answer that for you tonight. When you hear some of the things that I say and some of the things that I speak over this house, because I've seen some things. I saw something called Pinim Institute. I saw something, look at <laughs> I saw something called Pinim Institute, and it will make sense as I'll go on soon. But I saw you guys almost uh, only like, a, it was almost like a, a Christian university that trains people, wow. that trains people that, to go into the systems of the world and take over. Yeah. Me personally, I've not spoken. We've spoken about some of the, I'm in your house. Am I in your house? Okay, cool. When the right person comes to speak, yeah, if you listen to it, it will shift everything. So when I tell you, I saw some things when I was spending time with God that if you listen carefully, everything for you would change. Everything for you would change. So if you have a Bible, let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Let's start there, because that's how I always uh, seem to start. Uh... Musicians, you can play small, small. Don't go too crazy, though. We don't need uh, any madness. <laughs> oh. Yeah. All right. A little bit higher, a little bit higher. A little bit lower, a little bit lower. <laughs> Perfect. <clears throat> now I can't hear you at all, bro. <laughs> Lovely, we'll have it there. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and over the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. If you're wondering what the heck am I talking about, this is NLT, by the way. I've been instructed by God to read from NLT for a season, so we move. So God said, let's make man in our image. Let them have, let them reign over the fish over the sea, and the birds of the sky, and over everything that moves on the earth. So we see three realms there. You have the realm of the sea, you have the realm of the sky, and you have the realm of the earth. So in three dimensions, us as human beings can reign. So you can have authority over the sea, you can have authority over the sky, you can have authority over the air, or you can have authority over the earth. This is why Jesus was able to walk on water. Hello? When Jesus, in the book of Acts chapter 1, when he ascended, he was on the ground one minute, and then he began to levitate, he began to fly up to heaven. You guys get it? Yes. So that's authority over the air. Oh my goodness. <laughs> when he cursed the fig tree, that's authority over the earth. 
He said, if you say unto this mountain, be removed, that's authority over the earth. So these things aren't poetic. This is real life. Like if you, if you believe and if you have a revelation, God will use you to do some crazy things. But it will begin to make sense. As we progress... So dominion, 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 dominion. What we see right here is we see this, that man are created to be um, representatives of heaven. The word image here doesn't mean God has eyes, ears, mouth, all that kind of stuff like that. What it means is that we are representatives of God. So we become ambassadors of heaven. Do me a favor, play a six, three, four movement for me, please. Thank you. It's different when a preacher can play as well. <laughs> That's it. You guys, you, you heard that, innit? Do you see? God, 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 God. There's so much to say tonight, I'm, 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 just, I'm just confused. God's plan for us is that we should represent, be representative um, figures on the earth, that we would represent him in lifestyle, behavior, character, and nature. We were put on this earth as ambassadors of heaven. What's an ambassador? An ambassador is an accredited diplomat sent by a state as its permanent res representative in a foreign country. So if you are an ambassador, if you're a representative, if you're a diplomat, you live in a particular country, but you're not from that country. Hello. So an ambassador can go from Nigeria to America. They can live in America, but they can still live according to laws in Nigeria. It's what we call diplomatic immunity. Hello. So that means that they can live in a place and certain laws are exempt from them. Mm? So as children of God, the Bible says that when you become, you're born from above. So you're in the world, but you're not of the world. So we live here, but we're not from here. And certain laws we're exempt from. Oh my gosh, okay, all right, cool. Certain laws were exempt, so, so when it comes to poverty, we're exempt from that law. Yes. Hello? Yes. When it comes to bad mental health, we're exempt from that law. Yes. Anything that they go through in this dimension, we are exempt from that because we're from somewhere else. Yes. So that means we live according to a complete different set of laws. And we have a big problem when we see the people that we're exempt from as inspiration. Let me give you an example. God said that for you, the house of Pinnam, even if you don't go to this church, even if you're a part of this, receive this word for you as well. Because this is your season of the hill. Now, um, <laughs> because if I talk in here, listen, if you, when I'm talking, if you feel something right, if you want to shout, if you want to scream, if you want to run, do it. Don't run in my direction though. Because when I'm speaking, you're going to feel something rise up in you and don't, don't let, it, let, it, let it go. Let it flow. Let it break. Because some of you need a good shout. Yeah. 
Life has been hard for some of us. Some, some of you need a good shout. Mm. The children of Israel were supposed to enter into the land of, uh, land of Canaan in 40 days. Their unbelief extended the time period. So there were certain things that they were supposed to enter into a long time ago, but because of unbelief, God had to allow one generation to die out. Meaning this, God allowed them to walk in a circle until the ones that lacked faith died. Some of you have been circling the promise of God for a long time. Some of you feel it in your spirit. You know that, okay, by now something should be happening. I feel like da 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 But you can't, you, you, you don't know why you're not getting in. The, the, the giants in the land, watch this. The giants in the land was only maintaining and sustaining the ground until the children of Israel rose up in themselves to take what belonged to them. So there are people that you see as your inspiration and there are people that you see as your mentor and all this kind of stuff like that. Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk. All the, these people are just looking after what's already yours. No, 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 no. Actually, this is what I'm, I'm going to have to deal with mindset tonight because some of you don't think that. You, do you understand this place belongs to us? But you don't know. The Bible says that the heavens is the Lord, but the earth he gave into our hands. So there's people in your area, people in your field, people in your sector that are just keeping your seat warm until you realize who you are. There are people that you see as inspiration that one day will come to you for advice. So what we've seen, right, we haven't, we, as Christians, we haven't even scratched the surface yet. We haven't even, shh, we haven't even, we haven't even scratched the surface yet. And so the land of Canaan was always the children of Israel, but they didn't believe in themselves. They didn't believe in their God. And so God had to allow them to walk in circle until they learnt him enough to say, wait, we can take this thing. In this time and season, some of you are about to rise up and realize who you are in God. Because there's territory, there's land, there's places, there's, there's, there's dominions, there's realms that God has been saying, look, do you understand the reason why the world don't believe in God is it's, it's our fault? Hello? I can't, if I have a product that I want to sell, if I'm not doing a good job in marketing, I can't be upset about anyone else apart from myself. A lot of us want to see revival and a lot of us want to see the nations come to God. The reason why they haven't come to God is because our lifestyle does not look like the kingdom of heaven. When our lives transform, when we begin to learn something, when we begin to see something, our lives will transform and people will be attracted. Do you understand that evangelism, when the glory of God comes, will look completely different to handing out flyers? Ah, yes. uh, okay. Because people are going to see the love that you walk in, the peace that you walk in. They're going to see the dominion that you walk in. They're going to see the, the, the standard of your relationships. They're going to see the power that you walk in. They're going to see the authority that you walk in and say, what is, about, what is it about them that we don't have? We're coming into a time where people will ask us. We won't have to go out and find them. The lost will come and find us. Because they will hear about the things that God is doing and say, yo, we need to be a part of that. And so 
The reason why this is a hard truth, because one of the first things that we see after the fall of man is man can't take responsibility. As soon as God says, Adam, what happened? He said it was the woman. As soon as he asked the woman, she said it was a serpent. So no one wanted to take responsibility. And that's what you see in, 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 in mankind today. No one can take responsibility for their mistakes. And this is how the same attitude has come into the church. God send revival, God send revival, God send revival, revival. Mm. To see the nations transformed, that's not God's responsibility. Because if it was God's responsibility, he'd still be here. It's our responsibility to partner with God and go and do life before the nations so that they see the light of the Father, the glory of the Father, and say, we need to be a part of that. So, we're supposed to be ambassadors. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28, the Bible says this, And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, govern it, reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and animals that scurry along the ground. Listen to this. Does this sound small? God blessed them and said, Be fruitful. Someone say fruitful. fruitful. And he said, Multiply. Someone say multiply. multiply. He said, Fill the earth. Someone say, Fill the earth. Fill the he said, And govern it. Someone say, Govern. govern. And reign. Someone say, reign. reign. Okay, cool. So let me ask you a question. Are you being fruitful are you multiplying are you governing are you reigning the days for praying for rent is over no 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 no, no. The, the day the day the day for the it's not that it's not that it's not that you've the, the, what you see in your life is a manifestation of what you've choose to believe in if you're unhappy with what you see you need to up your level of faith Okay, all right, cool. Okay, okay, I'm gonna have to do some work here. It's okay, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to work. You cannot represent a land, country, nation, kingdom, realm, or dimension if you have not understood its laws, um, the laws that govern that particular place. So how can, we, uh, how can we represent the kingdom of heaven if we barely even understand it ourselves? Don't you think it's interesting how we see all of this govern, earth, nations, Sky, this, that. But when God creates man, he puts him in a garden. Hello? He says, go and take over the earth. Go and do this, go and do that. And then when he creates him, he puts him in a small garden. Because before I send you out to the nation, you have to learn the pattern. The Garden of Eden wasn't a physical place. And I know you guys, some of you may still think this. The Garden of Eden wasn't a physical place. The Bible says this, that God planted a garden above in Eastwood, so in, 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 in Easter Eden. When you look at you look at Hebrew, it talks about above. Show me how many earth, trees on the earth that when you eat, you receive information. Show me how many trees on this earth that when you eat, you receive life. Hello. So the garden wasn't a place on this earth. The garden of Eden was in the presence of God. Hello? So when he created them, he placed them in his presence. When he placed them in his presence, the Bible says this, that God met with them at the call of the day. Why? Because it, he wanted them to live. This is what's amazing. This is what's amazing. This is what's amazing. Put your hand up in here if you go to Pinim. Quick, put your hand up, rise it high. All right, everyone look around, how many hands are up? All right, 
Keep your hand up if you know what the word pinning means. Now, now don't, don't be shy. Don't, if you don't understand, put your hand down. It's okay, we won't judge you. Okay, so that means if I pick one of you, you should be able to tell me. Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Some of you are shaking. <laughs> Some of you are shaking. All right, shout out to me. What does pinning mean? Okay, this is an educated people. Deborah, you was right. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So now when we talk about Pinim City, if I preach in here. So, so Adam and Eve were placed in a garden in the presence of God. The Bible says that when they sinned, they ran from the presence. The word presence Hebrew is the word Pinim. So they ran from encounter. Hold on, don't get excited. Stephen, not, not yet, not yet, not, not yet. So when God created man, he put them in his presence for an everyday encounter. And it's from that encounter, because if you don't encounter him, you can't demonstrate him. And so he... He put them in his presence for an everyday encounter that God said to me, telling him that they're coming into an era, not a season, because seasons come and go. But you're coming into a, an era of forever encounter. I told Pastor Nidis, but listen, listen, the stuff that he's doing right now is no mistake. Seven hours of prayer, all night prayer, some of you are shaking. <laughs> you're shaking at seven hours prayer as if when you get to heaven, you can come from, you can, you can visit, go in and go. <laughs> when you get to heaven, it's 20, it's, it's, there's no, but there's no time. So it's eternity in the presence of God. So if seven hours is strange to you, you're not ready for an eternity with him. Okay, help me Holy Spirit, help me Holy Spirit. So, 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 he puts them in his presence. You're getting ready to come into a forever encounter. The message, the, the name of the message today is Back to Pinim. Okay, all right, cool. The message today is called Back to Pinim. Because you as a house are going to have to come back to a place where you experience him face to face. Where you experience him face to face. Because too many people have gone out there in the name of Jesus without encounter. And they've been spun by the systems of the world. Too many singers went out there in the name of Jesus and came back talking about, well, just ordinary people. Like, do you understand? <laughs> they went out talking about, but me beautiful, but me lovely. But by the time the world was done with them, Too many people have gone out in business in the name of Jesus and have been spun by the world and now are cutting corners and doing this and doing that and taking this. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? But we need an encounter. God has to take us back before he sends us forward. We have to come to a place now where the presence of God is not strange. 
We have to come to a place now where spending time in his presence is not strange. We have to sit at the feet. I've got something for you guys tonight. Oh my gosh. This is light. <laughs> Someone said, let's have it. Uh, I hope you're ready. I'm going to give it to you. Holy Spirit. Don't worry, guys. I'm almost done with the introduction. Let's pray softly for a moment. Let's pray softly for a moment. Keep praying, keep praying. If you've got the heavenly language, speak in your tongue. There's a miracle in this room. <clears throat> There's a miracle in this room. Sred in Inisha Krusa. Sred in Imaredicisha Krisan. Kroma Livreditia Sono Bar. Rushkilima da Rusoba, Lehe di Badushma Kelionosaba, Ridiki Grisum. There's a miracle in this room. Father, we decree and declare today destiny shift. Destiny shift. In Jesus' name. So we understand this. Pinnum means the face of God. 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 Pinnum means. I'm. You know, repetition. Pinnum means. Pinnum means. Pinnum means. Heaven, Garden of Eden, ambassadors, before I release you to the earth, I need you to have an encounter in this heavenly place, in this heavenly dimension. I need you to understand the way that we do things here so that when I release you, everything, you, everything that you produce will be according to where you've come from. Everything that you produce will be according to where you've come from. Some of us are still producing things from trauma. Some of us are still producing things from pride. Some of us are still producing things from hurt and pain. Some of us are still producing things from guilt. 
And so what we need is that we need an encounter to transform us so that everything that we give birth to represents the kingdom of heaven. And so before Adam and Eve, I release you to this earth. I have to bring you into an encounter so that everything that you do when you go out there, you'll give birth to heavenly things. Your business should be operating in dimensions of heaven, heavenly dimensions. Your whatever it is, you, if, you, if it's if it, what you study, if you study law, it should be in a heavenly dimension. There should be no one like you on your course. There should be no one like you in your workplace. There should be no one like you in your industry. Why? Because you're building according to the pattern of heaven. So before I release you, I need a face-to-face -face encounter with you on a day-to-day -day basis. You need a face-to-face -face encounter with God. No middleman. I need to know him for myself. Gone are the days where we tether off of the presence of God at church and go back to an empty house, a dry house. This thing, when we come together, should be a collective of fires. Hello? When you see a big bonfire, that big bonfire didn't start off of its own. It started by a bunch of people putting small fires together. <sighs> putting small fires together. Putting small fires together. And eventually when they all connect, it becomes one big thing. That's the same thing that's going to happen in this house. As you come to a place of face-to-face -face encounter, gone are the days when one person can, can do it in prayer, but the other can't. Gone are the days when one person can hold it in worship and the other one can't. Everyone, you're going to come to a point where you're lost. Who's going to lead prayer? Who's going to lead worship? Who's going to teach? Because you all carry it. When they came to arrest Jesus, they didn't know which one Jesus was because Jesus had raised his disciples up so that they all walked on the same level. So gone are the days when we walk into Penim and know who Pastor Nee is. Gone are the days when we walk into Penim and know who Adana is. Why? Because you all walk at the same level and it's a glory height. The time of the hill. Jesus had raised his disciples up to a point where Judas had to betray him with a kiss. He had to identify who Jesus was because they all could walk in miracles. They could all preach the gospel. They could all walk in heaven dimensions. They got to a place where they were like, Jesus, are these guys annoying you? I call it, let's call down fire, realms. <laughs> No, no, do you understand? What have you seen that your confidence is so heavy that they can say, all right, cool, is, is, is it that? <laughs> if it's that, Jesus, give us the word and we'll call down fire. They were walking at the same level of Elijah. You guys aren't... Elijah called down fire, right? The disciples had got to a, such a place of confidence, such a place of revelation. You see, because... because there was an encounter that Jesus had where he was transfigured on the mount. When he was transfigured on the mount, Moses and Elijah appeared to him. Okay. So whatever, they would have had a revelation of Elijah. They would have had a revelation of Moses. 
because they saw, they had an encounter with, the disciples had an encounter with him. So whatever, they, they would have known, okay, this is the guy that called, they would have, they would have you know who you sit with is important? Yeah. Who you sit with is important. If you're always the smartest one, the most anointed one, the, the, the best one in the room, you're in a, you're in a bad place. Yeah. Me, I make sure that I'm listening to people that, are, that got revelation way beyond me because too many of us love to be the best one in the room. Yeah. How are you gonna grow? And so they were sat, at, for a moment they had an encounter, there was only three people that went for a 40, 40 day period with Jesus, in a um, 40 day period of God in the Bible, Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. When he had the encounter, it was the people that had a 40 day period with God that appeared. It's the ones that are sacrificed to the presence of God that will see supernatural things. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so they had got to a place of such confidence where they were like, you know what, I call we, we got so much confidence, Jesus, if it's that, we can cool down fire. We're in a place now, we're, 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 struggling, we're struggling to cool down bread to eat. <laughs> do, you, do you know how far we've fallen from the standard? That even in their beginner stages, the disciples could do things that we could only dream of. We're waiting to be perfected. Peter was doing miracles and cutting off people's ear. People, Peter was doing miracles. Oh, that's Jesus. No, I don't know him. I don't know who's that. Who's that? I don't know. Do you understand? He was doing miracles and denying Jesus. And I'm not saying that you don't don't strive for holiness and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm saying is, you have no excuse. When the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, you struggling with something is not an excuse. You not feeling adequate enough is not an excuse. You're just, you're just concerned with yourself. Look at Jesus. If you look at, say, a lot of people, look, look, let me help you. Let me help you. Because when I got born again, I had nothing. My GCSEs, maths, I had an E. Let me tell you something, yeah? <laughs> GCSEs, I had a, a, a maths, I had E for L, right? <laughs> if you look at what I'm doing right now, everything is all numbers. But before I was with God, I, I was useless with numbers. Hello? When I, when I gave my life to Christ, I realized this. It doesn't matter what I can't do. If God can do it, I can do anything. If, if, if God can do it, I can, whatever he's called me to, oh, you know, I'm so called. I'm so scared of my purpose. I'm so scared of my call. Okay, good. Like, we're leaving that. We're leaving that back there. Because that's not the standard no more. If you're scared of your purpose instead of your call, it means that you don't know who God is. It means that you're still trying to do it in your own strength. Because if you have faith in God, it's like, well, okay, cool. See, watch this. When Mary encountered, when Mary encountered uh, the angel, when the angel appeared to her and said, you are going to give birth to Jesus, he's going to save the nation. She asked him a question. She said this, how is it possible? That's not a question of doubt. She's just trying to work out the logistics because technically to her, it's like, well, you can't have a child without having intercourse. So how is that possible? Right? The angel says to her, at an opportune time, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. The word overshadow means to envelope. So you will have a face-to-face -face encounter. And the very thing that will save the world will be birthed through you by encounter. And she said, according to your word, be it unto me. I don't need to know how it's going to work and the logistics. If you said it, it will be. Yeah. It's the same attitude with our purpose. If you've called me to do it, then it's going to happen. Why? It's not me doing it. Yeah. 
I just don't know where to go. There's so, okay. Should I stick to my notes or throw, should I throw my notes out the window? I know this is a house of structure, so some of you are like, oh, you probably stick to your notes. <laughs> One thing about passing these structure system. Uh, is it, what's it? How's the protocol? Uh, I hear it. Sometimes though. <laughs> no, but for real, because you guys get better get ready, because what God's about to do in this place, get ready to be in trouble. Because you booked the building to a certain time. But see, when you have an encounter with God, you move from earthly dimensions into heavenly, and there's no time. Time only governs earth, it doesn't govern heaven. So when God is still moving, if you're on his wavelength, the people are going to be telling you, and you're going to be saying, God's not finished yet. What time will he finish when he finishes? No, you know, come on, because some of us think we're ready for God. We're only ready for God to move. Some of us think we want revival. You're not really ready for revival. You're ready, as, you're ready for, as, if God does, as long as it's convenient for you, you're ready to see God move. I've got uni in the morning. <laughs> I've, got, I've got work in the morning. I'm sorry, I thought you wanted to see God move. Because about, you're about to enter into time. See, when Jesus woke up, his street was flooded with people that had come to see him. When Peter woke up, his street was flooded with people that come to, he couldn't go to work that day. Why? Because he had to do the things of God. See, look, okay, oh, you're crazy for going to, to speak today when you just come out of hospital. I don't have the luxury to sit down in my bed. Hmm? There's something on my life that this place needs and I'm here to deliver. I don't get, I don't, there's no excuses. Walk or not walk in pain or no, there's no excuses. I'm here to deliver in the name of Jesus. So some of us only want God to move as long as it's convenient for us. Some of you, when God moves, your time, your, 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 your schedule goes out the window. Okay, let's start the message. I've got like 18 minutes left. God forbid. For the next few months, I'm going to talk to you a lot about Jacob because Jacob is symbolic of what you guys are about to do and what you guys are about to move in. Jacob is a very, very understood, uh, misunderstood character. If you ask most Christians, what do you know about Jacob? They'll call him Jacob the deceiver or something like that because he lied and he'd done this and he'd done this. Technically speaking, if you look at scripture properly, Jacob didn't really lie because the birthright was his. <laughs> almost, almost broke the table. All right, let's work. That was warm up. Now let's work. Genesis chapter 32. And verse 22, the Bible says this, During the night Jacob got up and took his two wives and his two servant wives, God forbid, and his 11 sons and, <laughs> and crossed the Jabbok River with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all of his possessions, verse 24. This left Jacob all alone in the camp, all alone. All alone in the camp. Sometimes when you want to see God move in your life, your friends can't come with you. Sometimes when you want to see God move in your life, 
the prophets and the apostles can't come with you. And this is why it's not enough anymore to be able to, to tether off what God is doing in Pinim because Pastor Nee's not always going to be there when you call him. Pastor Nee shouldn't be there all the time that you need him. Do you understand? Pastor Nee is not your Holy Spirit. The leaders of this church are not your Holy Spirit. There's times when I see people ring my phone and I say, I could, they'll work it out. And then one hour later, what happens? They work it out. <laughs> one thing this generation has been robbed of is because of access. Access is too easy. If I need to understand something, bro, can you break this down for me? If I need to get this, let me read a book, let me do this, let me go to YouTube. And access has ruined our ability to seek God. This is why you don't see too many people with revelation in this time and season. Everyone can pray, but we're praying church, but still missing. We're a praying church, but when we see Muslims and Hindus or whatever go into 10 Downing Street, we're shocked. And we're running back like, God, what's going on? Instead of you to step forward and say, God, send me as a seed into government. But we can't say that because we don't know nothing. Hello? How many of you spoke trash about Donald Trump? Now, I'm not a Donald Trump supporter. I can't lie, I do miss some of the hype and drop, but I'm not, a Donald, I'm not a Donald Trump. How many of you spoke trash about Donald Trump? And yet King Nebuchadnezzar was way worse than Donald Trump. King Nebuchadnezzar will see him in heaven. Silence, I know. Ah, where should I go? Holy Spirit, help me. King Nebuchadnezzar lost his mind because he took the glory of God. Watch this. There are certain kingdoms that are pros... Ah, oh, okay. All right, cool. You, you never ever find it strange that when King Nebuchadnezzar was cursed by the angel and he lost his mind, the Bible says that he took the glory of God. That's why it happened. I'm thinking, wait, you get... What do you mean the glory of God? The Bible says that it was God that gave King Nebuchadnezzar the power to do what he did. You don't think that's strange? You don't think that's strange? That all this kingdom, he said, when he was watching, he said, oh, he saw all the things that he saw, he said, and he started to praise himself. And the angel spoke to him and said, blah, 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 blah. And now he was cursed, or a voice from heaven, whatever, spoke to him and said, now he's got, and now he lost his mind. Because he took the glory of God. I'm thinking, what do you mean he took the glory of God? Then I realized that the advancement of the Babylonian system was actually there for the children of God to take over. That's why he allowed it to be built up to such a level. And then he, and it looked like they besieged the children of Israel and took them as captives, but really and truly, God was sowing them as a seed. I've heard of testimonies where there was a group of people that wanted to preach the gospel to the slaves, but the slave owners wouldn't allow them to get close, so they sold themselves as slaves. So that they can preach the gospel to people that hadn't, and you think you're ready for God. Some of you don't, you don't like where you work. Oh God, oh God, no one knows you're born again. And you're complaining. God, use me, use me. You go to a place where no one knows God and you, I hate my job. I promise you, yeah. Listen, we're in a time where the glory, the glory of God will shock you. I don't mind working at, there's nothing wrong with working in Tesco or anything like that. I don't mind sweeping streets if the glory of God is moving. I'd rather sweep, 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 I'd rather sweep streets and be able to heal the sick, raise the dead, 
cast out demons and all that good stuff, but I have my own business and all that kind of stuff for that and not walk in anything. So he was on his own. This story is so crazy. Verse 25, when a man saw... uh, where are we, where are we? A man came, verse 24, a man came and wrestled with him until dawn began to break. When a man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go for dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob, your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Let me leave it there. Do you know why this story is strange, Paul? The reason why this story is strange is because Jacob is not that guy. Do you understand? Pinim, open your ears now. This is the part to listen. Jacob is not that guy. The reason why I say that is because when you listen, when you look, listen to the description of Jacob, him wrestling with someone all night, especially a supernatural being, and prevailing does not make sense according to his identity. Right. None of you ever heard, oh, it's time to wrestle with God, but you never questioned how was Jacob able to wrestle? Let me show you what they said about Jacob in scripture. You ready? I said, are you ready? Yeah. I, 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 thought, I thought that. Genesis 25, verse 27, as the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful, skillful hunter. He was an outdoorsman, but Jacob, watch it, but. When you see but in scripture, it means it eradicates what just happened and opens up something else, right? Eradicate all that heroicness. Forget about all that out, forget about that skill and hunter, but Jacob, someone say, but Jacob. But Jacob had a quiet temperament. NLT says, preferring to stay at home. (laughs) Jacob was an introvert. His brother was the hunter. His brother was the warrior. His brother was the skillful person. He he, He was the champion. So much that his father loved him. The Bible says, watch this, watch how it, watch how it describes it. Isaac loved Jacob, um, Isaac loved Esau, but Rebecca loved Jacob. So he had a good relationship with his mother. Now watch this. Esau's the skilled one. Esau's the hunter. Esau's the, uh, is the warrior. Esau's the wrestler. Jacob was a quiet boy. He preferred to stay at home, not really about all of that. And he used to spend time with his mother. He doesn't sound like the type of person that sounds... It should have been Esau. It should have been Esau wrestling with that person. Hmm? But what happened? But what happened? But what happened? Something happened. God told me, you're missing something. I said, what am I missing? He said, this wasn't Esau... uh, This wasn't Jacob's first wrestling match. Hold up now. He said, this wasn't, Esau, this wasn't Jacob's first wrestling match. I said, God, what do you mean? He said, go and look at the beginning. Go and look at the introduction to Jacob and Esau. I said, all right, cool. Yeah. Gen- yeah? 
Genesis 25, verse 23. Well, first of all, watch this, watch this. <clears throat> Let's go a bit before. Isaac pleaded with the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was unable to have children. Jacob getting here was a struggle. You being here was a struggle. Some of you shouldn't be here right now. The fact that you, some of you had to, some of us were born and some of us were prayed in. Some people were just born. It was easy for them. Some, some of us, it hasn't been easy for us. And so just for us to be here, took prayer, took intercession. By the way, I love you guys for the intercession that you've done on my behalf when you heard I was in hospital. Like, I got you. Yeah, anything you need, I got go to Pastor Nee first. And then if he gives you permission, come to me and we'll talk. Listen, because, because being a lone wolf and that guy is all good until you go through something that's beyond yourself. Some of us are, you know, I've just been, I've been on my own since birth. Did that. And when you get into something, you realize, shoot. And I saw people praying for me and interceding for me and all that kind of stuff. I said, whoa, I never knew. One thing I would say, listen, if let people know how much you love them. Don't wait till they're into the, in a casket before you give them flowers. Let people know how much you love them and that you're there for them and they got their back. Anyway, so Isaac prays. His wife is barren and she becomes pregnant with twins. Watch this, verse 22. But the two, the two children struggled with each other in her womb. I said, God, it doesn't make sense. Jacob is not a warrior. Jacob is not a wrestler. He said, you're missing something. This is not Jacob's first wrestling match. I said, hold on, what do you mean? He said, go to the beginning and look at the introduction. Both of them in her womb wrestled with each other. Verse 23, and the Lord told her, the sons in your womb will become two nations. From the very beginning, the two nations will be rivals. One nation will be stronger than the other and your older son will serve your younger son. Then I realized this, Jacob was always a warrior. It may not have looked like that in his life, but God allowed Jacob to get into a situation that awoke something in him that was in him from birth. There's certain things that you have gone through that you're asking God, why me? And that thing that you went through woke something up in you that you didn't know you had. Jacob didn't know he was a warrior until he wrestled that night. And he wrestled and he prevailed. Watch this. Okay, cool. All right, cool. So certain things we'll go through that God will allow us to go through that, see, see, Jacob was always a warrior, but he never knew it. It was in him from birth. There's certain things that are in you that you don't even know that you have. Some of you are looking at, oh, I wish I was like her. I wish I can prophesy like her. Sis, you're called to hire. You're in an interesting place when you're looking at people and you're wishing that you were like them when you're called to do greater. So God allowed him to get into a place where it woke something in him and he realized this, I'm a wrestler. I'm a warrior. I'm a champion. So something was awoken inside uh, Jacob that day. Watch this. He, 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 he. The birth. 
Verse 24, and when the time came to give birth, Rebecca discovered that she indeed ha did have twins. The first one was very wed red at birth and covered with thick hair like a fur coat. So they named Esau, uh, they named him Esau. Then the other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heel. Yes. Somebody say Esau's heel. So they named him Jacob. Now let me just break something down for you real quickly because this is what's significant about you as Penim City. A city that lives face to face with God. Yeah. <laughs> Understand this. You are supposed to live face to face with God. Watch this now. The Bible says, as Jacob was born, Esau came out first, so technically speaking, he carries the birthright. Yeah. Everything goes to him. But when Jacob came out, he came out holding his brother's heel. So they named him Jacob. The word, the word Jacob means supplant. The word supplant means to supersede or to replace. This is why when God spoke the word to Rebecca, he said that the older one will serve the younger. When they were born, there was a prophetic sign that what I speak and spoken to you will come to pass. Because when he was born, he was grabbing the heel of his older brother. So they call him Jacob. The word Jacob means to supplant. The word supplant means to supersede or to replace. It means to take the position of someone or a thing that's already in authority. So when Jacob was born, he was showing him a prophetic sign of my destiny. Okay. <clears throat> A heel is symbolic of strength. The heel is symbolic of power and authority. Why? Because it's symbolic of standing, the foot, right? So strength. There was a warrior in David's army that when the army came towards him, the Bible says he dug his feet into the ground, meaning that I would not be moved and began to fight an army of soldiers on his own. Okay, so the foot is symbolic of, or the heel is symbolic, heel foot symbolic of strength, power, authority, all that kind of stuff like that. So when he was born, he was born with his hand on his heel. Now God said that in them, in you, in your room, there will be two nations. So the picture of a shift into nature, into a nation, was a hand on a heel. When Jacob was introduced, he was introduced to us as his, with his hand on his brother's heel. We already know that that is a prophetic symbol of the roles being changed. In, his, in the womb, he was called a nation. But he lived his whole life as one man. But God spoke about him from the beginning and said, he will be a nation. You have to learn how to watch over the prophetic word of your life. Because some of you are being called something by God. See, I always thought that my parents, if you know my upbringing, adoption, all this kind of stuff, like that, I always thought my parents had uh, named me wrong. One day, God began to call me, began to reference me as warrior. He said, warrior, blah, 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 blah. Warrior, blah, 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 blah. I'm thinking, what's going on? What am I hearing? Then one day, God said, look at the definition of your name. I said, all right, cool. One of the definitions of nobleman is nobleman. One of the definitions is warrior king. So God was calling me according to my name. The reason why I asked you if you know what penim means is because some of you serve, 
But serving doesn't mean that you're actually a part of the vision. You have to understand the name. Because the assignment is in the name. So until you understand the name, you cannot move in the assignment. This is why some of us call every day on the name of Jesus and nothing happens. Why? Because there's no understanding. Oh my gosh. Help me, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Help me, Holy Spirit. Maybe it's not deep. Maybe like your revelation here is so heavy that like this stuff here is just like, all right, cool. Oh, we know. Hurry up and pray. The name Jesus, the Bible says, anything you ask in my name. When you look at that in the Greek, it means anything you ask in a position of sonship. This is why when you use the name Jesus, some of us, are, our parents have been using the name Jesus. I'm not talking to the side much. Hey. This is why when you use the name Jesus, nothing happens. Why? Because you have no understanding or revelation of sonship. Five minutes. Are you sure? <laughs> you have no understanding of sonship. So in the name of Jesus means in a position of sonship. This is why when Jacob went to his father, Isaac, to get the blessing, he had to go in sonship. He had to go in the identity of another son. Because the only thing you ask for the father in the son's name. So he had to come in the image of Esau because I have to come in a position of sonship. But hold on now. I feel like I'm giving you too much and it's, you, you just, you, you just can, maybe you're confused. Let me show you something. I've got five minutes, so let me try and round up here in Jesus. Jacob comes out grabbing the hill, symbolic of a nation shift, symbolic of nations. I'm taking over. At this point in time, Jacob's wrestling with a guy. Let's say it's God. Cool. The Bible says when a man didn't see that he prevailed, he touched Jacob's hip, put his hip out of socket. Right? All right, cool. Let me get someone real quick. Paul, come here real quick. And Stephen, come here real quick. <clears throat> I know I've got five minutes, but we're going to do... Okay, Paul, tap Stephen's hip. Okay. <laughs> now Stephen's hip is out of, 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 out of socket, out of place. So what's Stephen going to do? Stephen's going to drop to the floor, right? But drop to the floor and face pull. <laughs> drop to the floor and face pull. Drop to the floor and face pull. Face pull! Okay, watch this. The Bible says that Jacob grabbed the man. Stephen, you're on the floor. Where's the most logical place for you to grab? I should have used someone else. You're on the floor, your hip's been touched out of place, so what does he do? He grabs onto him, where does he grab? The heel. The heel. And he says, I will not let you go until you bless me. <laughs> Hold up. Hold up, this is why I said it's the season of the heel for Panem City. Watch what happens. He said, your, no, your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him, for now you will be called Israel. He went from one man to a nation. The sign that he was up in levels, changing levels, was him holding on to the hill. When he was first introduced to us, he was introduced as a nation, and the picture was him holding on to a hill. 
Stay there for a second. I've got so much more to tell you, but I can't because of time. I, I, I really, I, do you know, like, there's, no, there's actually dimensions to this that I can't. <laughs> Watch this. Please tell me your name. Jacob was obsessed with the name. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Jacob named the place what? Peniel. Which means the face of God. Ah, oh, you guys are not. Okay, let's go again. Let's go again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does Peniel mean? He named the place what? Peniel because, meaning what? The face of God. The Bible says this. Jacob says in verse 32, verse 30. Chapter 32, verse 30, he said, For I have seen God face to face. If I had time, I'd work this, but I can't. On the floor before God, because remember, he wrestled with God, was the birthing place. God took him back to a picture on an image of the birthing place. In the mother's womb, he was holding onto the hill. And he was announced as a nation. Some time later on, God brings him back where? To the face of God. Face-to-face encounter. Back to Penim. Remember the title of this message. Back to... Back to... God took him back to Penim and made him hold on to his... See, some of us were too big to lay down before God. This is why you have not changed from who you are into a nation yet. Some of you are too qualified. You guys can, Stephen's struck. You guys are, some of us are too, too, some of us are too qualified. God brought him back to a face-to-face encounter and he took him back to the birthing place. What's the birthing place? The presence of God. How do we know that? When the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, she conceived. The presence of God, Penim, was the birthing place. You guys will be known as the birthing place. There is something happening. Listen, I, I promise you. Listen, I promise you. There is, <laughs> there is dimensions. I'm deleting my messages from Deborah's. Um, I'm deleting my notes from Deborah's. Uh, <laughs> from Deborah's iPad, so she can't pre minting <laughs> I promise you, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. She's gonna save it. I'll make sure Migo to delete it right now. <laughs> if you find it, you find it. There's, listen, I promise you, I've got to go. Pastor Nee, give me two more minutes. I'm, I'm, I'm gone. For real, I'm gone. But let me speak to you some prophetic things. <clears throat> this is your season of the hill. God is getting ready to flip your situation. God is getting ready to flip your situation and turn you from one person into a nation. Some of you have been dreaming for too long. Some of, like, some of you have been dreaming and you don't know why you're dreaming. What your, what your life looks like right now, it doesn't make sense according to the dream. God is trying to remind you of what he revealed to you in, in, a, in, a, in a birthing place. The reason why he allowed uh, Jacob to wrestle, he was trying to get him to remember. Remember what I spoke to you in your mother's new womb. Remember what I said about you in your mother's womb. There's things of your life that God's about to bring you into that you don't have. You have no idea, and He's raising you up. You're going back to the birthing place. I decree and declare over one, everyone in here. <clears throat> I promise. Thank you. Thank you. For, oh, 
Pastor Nee, if there was more time, I promise. <laughs> I decree and declare over everyone in this room. If you believe in this word, your life shifts now in Jesus' name. Your destiny changes now in Jesus' name. There is so much I could have talked, spoken about. For example, Jacob goes to sleep. I'll give you this one and I'm actually going. Pastor Nee, come and rush me if I don't give after this revelation, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you one. Holy Spirit, please. I'm so guys, I'm so sorry, right? I'm so sorry. There's a revelation. Jacob goes to sleep in a particular place and he has a dream. This is after the Father blesses him. There's prophetic dimensions and supernatural dimensions that are about you guys are about to come into an encounter with. Watch. In a few months' time, you'll begin to see the supernatural encounters, dreams, visions, trips to heaven, all that kind of stuff like that begin to increase in this house. He said this, Jacob in a dream, he said this, uh, he said he saw, uh, he saw a ladder come down from heaven to the earth. And he, on that ladder, he saw angels ascending and descending. The Bible says that Jacob, when he woke up, he said, surely this is the gateway of heaven. He said, surely this is the gateway of heaven. He saw a ladder. The ladder in the word in Hebrew means staircase. In the New Testament, Jesus said that when he prophesied to Nathan on the front, whichever one it was, he said that, what, you believe in this? You just hear me prophesy, you believe? It. He said, surely you will see angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Yeah. That word angel, what, what Jacob saw in the Old Testament was the staircase. Who was the staircase? Jesus. God allowed him to, to travel dispensations and dimensions and see things that were before his time. Yes. When you see the things that Jacob began to walk in, wisdom, knowledge, understanding just began to flow. The prophetic, the supernatural, all that stuff began to flow. I decree and declare over your life in Jesus' name. I'll be back. But don't give me no, give me two hours next time. I'll be back. But I decree and declare an understanding of your birthright. Esau sold his birthright to Jacob because he did not understand. Jacob had a revelation of what, the, how powerful the birthright was. And so he did everything he could to get that birthright. I decree and declare. Jacob said, Esau said this, look, I'm dying. What good is my birthright? If you know the power of your birthright, you would have placed a demand on your birthright and God would have saved you there. This is why when they had no food, God provided. He sent manna from heaven. Why? Because you placed a demand on the birthright. I decree and declare over everyone in here. When God said, let there be light, the same command that he said, let there be light with, is the same command he said, be fruitful and multiply. Darkness didn't say, God, I'm scared. I, I, no, no. When he spoke the word, it came to pass. The same way he commanded light to come forth is the same way he said, be fruitful and multiply. Have dominion. This is not an option. You walking in power and authority is not an option. We're not, oh, God is not arguing with you. It's a command. Go forth, be fruitful, multiply. Take dominion over the earth and govern. Is this the house of Jacob? Is this the house of Jacob? Are you ready to overtake? Are you listening to me? Are you ready to overtake? Are you ready to overtake? <laughs> I want you to take me somewhere. 
I want you to take me somewhere. Just pay very close attention. Oh, you, you have messed me around. We're going to pray for all. But quickly, if you can take me to 1 Kings 18, 41, as O was speaking, I want you to pay very close attention to these words. Those in this house, pay very close attention to it. This word is going to be a word that we're going to tarry and we're going to study. Are you following me? Panim, are you following me? We're going to deeply study into this because there are mysteries within what O has just shared right now that has missed most of us. I want you to track with me. 1 Kings 18, 41. The Bible says, I want you all to read. 3, 2, 1. Yep. Okay. One second. So... We get to a specific moment. This is all in relation to what we've just heard. Because we're just going to go into one minute of prayer to receive. That's it. This is a critical hour. But before the prophet Elijah is called to begin to rule and dominate, the first position that he must get into is a position where he meets God face to face. But in that position, he's placed on his knees. And that's a birthing position. Where it is away from everyone else. Outside of the opinions of men. And God begins to speak to him. But he begins to wait. And this is the season where God begins to refine his discernment. So we're going to continue. The Bible then says, So Ahab went to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between. It's between his knees, right? It's between his knees, right? Then he said to his servant, go and look out toward the sea. And the servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. The first instruction was that he wasn't just being taught about how to be discerning about the move of God that was about to happen. But he was now beginning to teach those around him how to discern what God was doing. So the servant came and said, I didn't see anything. He said, go again. Go again. This is the place of consistency. City, are you hearing me? This is place where if you do not encounter God the first time, you don't give up. If you do not see it the first time, you don't give up. This is the house of Jacob, right? This is the house that wrestles, right? And if we lose the war one time, I'll be back. <laughs> you look square in the head and you say, I'll be back. Now, listen to this. Seven times Elijah told him to go. Finally, the seventh time, everyone say the seventh time. His servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will... Uh, 
And as soon as the sky was black with clouds, a heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm and Ahab left quickly. Keep going. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way. All the way. Listen. A man sat in position of birth face to face with God where men had capacity and ability to move with speed. You have to understand that Ahab was on a chariot being ridden to his destination but at the set time at the Kairos moment God gave Elijah divine speed even with his two feet he still ran ahead of the chariot and I command in this room acceleration over your life that in this season whatever has tried to delay I command divine speed come on help me I command 